Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. So we're here to celebrate Christmas. In India, they call it Kishmish, <laughs> which means raisins, and they hand out raisins. It's the nearest word they have in Hindi, and uh, I took it. But others will call it Krishnamas, because uh, you know Krishna was uh, Christ is based on Krishna, who of course is based on. Uh, uh, earlier manifestations such as Zarathustra was the first virgin birth and then the archetype got very popular and you had a whole bunch of others all happening to be born on December 25th and uh, right we know that story so we're not celebrating a historical event we're celebrating a metaphor but to celebrate a metaphor accurately you have to realize that it refers to you it's not about someone else. Okay, so you see, this is the problem with all the religions of Kali Yuga. They both reveal the truth and obscure it at the same time. And they defile it through obscuring it. <clears throat> and this is the sin of religions. And so we have to go from sin to synergy by realizing our oneness and transcend the sense of separation and difference. So it's very important that people who are, let's say, from uh, the Jewish persuasion realize that there is something very important to learn from Christianity, right? And vice versa. Very, Christians don't generally uh, pay much attention to, uh, to the um, Jewish wisdom unless they happen to be studying Kabbalah or something like that. But there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in the Old Testament, which is why the Christians didn't just lop it off. They had to keep the Old Testament. It was very important because Christianity would have lost its meaning without it. But we also have to learn from Islam, which is a very beautiful ancient religion, much of the wisdom of which comes all the way back from Zarathustra. And of course, Buddhism as well, and, and, and the Vedic culture before that, and the Taoist, and all of that. We have to learn from all of them. The, the entire legacy of human wisdom, uh, both religious and secular, are, are necessary to be integrated. If we miss out on any aspect of it, including modern science, then we will not get the full picture we will not be able to uh, connect all the dots. And since the universe is made of information, the only way you graduate from this wisdom school that the world is, is by accurately connecting all the dots. Okay, so this is uh, important that we not close our minds to something thinking, oh, that's for someone else. No, it's all meant for, for us. The one God created all the religions. So <clears throat> let's learn from everything. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the main teaching of the, uh, of the Christian dispensation is a continuation of an insight from the Torah. Now, if we go back to the Torah, when uh, Moshe 
climbed uh, Mount Sinai and uh, spoke to God via the burning bush. Uh, he asked him, uh, who may I say is calling? Right? Who has who called me here? Who's calling me to go to the Pharaoh? And uh, who is calling the Pharaoh to let my people go? Right? And, uh, and the bush re replied very simply, tell him I am sent you. Right? So there it was revealed that the name of God is I am. This is very important. Is there anyone here who cannot validly say I am? Is there anyone here who doubts that they are? Let me see, I'm gonna look very carefully. Is there anyone here who can't uh, uh, honestly and truly say I am? Okay, well, that means all of you are manifestations of God. Do you understand that? That's what God is. That is the reality of God. I am in everyone. Nothing but that. It's that simple. People make it so difficult. All this mystification. It's simply that. The problem is you're not satisfied with I am. No, it's I am angry. I am sad. I am lacking. I am inadequate. I am toxic. I am stupid. I deserve more than I'm getting. I am this. I am that. Why can't you stop with I am? If, you're, if you stop with I am, you're a god. If you add something to it, you're a human sinner, okay? That's all that religion is about, is that stop adding crap to the I am. Just be, okay? It's that simple. You don't have to do anything. You just have to stop adding to the reality of what you are, okay? So I want everyone here to take five seconds and realize, how do I feel when I am just I am? And I don't add anything to it. I'm miserable, I'm hungry, I'm sad, I'm sick, I'm whatever. When you don't add anything to it and you just have a pure I am, how do you feel? Please. Okay, did everybody like being I am? <laughs> Isn't that a, re, a, a way to just let go of everything, right? I am, that's it. Punto, full stop. That is the celebration of Christmas. That's all, that's, a, that's all it is. Now, what did Christianity do with that? Lately, I've been listening to these Russian Orthodox um, YouTube things uh, because they are actually closer than the Catholic tradition to, to the original. But every time they, they open or close a, um, a lecture, they say, he is risen. Well, now, if God said his name is I am, why are they changing it to he is? You understand? They're changing it to he is. It's I am risen. I am is risen, not he is. It's not someone else. God is not someone else. Okay? That's the problem with Christianity. It forgets that God is your I am, and it says it's he is. And not only he is, he was. He's gone. <laughs> right? Well, now you're bereft. Where's your God? Where's yourself? 
but it's not somebody else. It's not because it's not a body. It's not a being. It's presence. Presence has no form, and presence is what animates everyone. It's the same energy, the same consciousness. It is the I am that everyone is naturally, automatically, inherently, from long before your body was born to infinitely long after it is back to dust, the I am remains. Immortal, eternal, the light always lit. Okay, that's it. It's very simple. So the incarnation is simply the recognition of the I am while that I am is functioning through a body. It is the refusal to identify or misidentify with the body and say instead I am this organism that's too thin, too fat, too small, too big, too whatever, and instead you stay with the I am and not identify with the body. Then you're a true Christian. But as soon as you identify with the body, you fall into what they call sin because you're missing the mark. Now your identity is going through a filter. Now you're no longer the pure I am. Now you're the I wish I was something else. <laughs> and of course, then you have lost God consciousness. So the story of Christianity is about the crucifixion of the I am, right? That's the story. And what is the ego except the crucifixion of the I am? It's the torment of the I am. How many of you are crucifying your I am? Is there anyone here who is still crucifying their I am with self-attacking thoughts? If you are, you are the Antichrist. <laughs> that's what the ego is. And that's Satan, too. So if you want to be on the side of God, you stick with the I am, and you never attack yourself. And you obviously can never attack someone else, because they are also I am. Now, one important nuance of this is that the I am is always I am. It doesn't become we are. Not only is it not he is and they are, but it's not even we are. Why? Because we are is a sign of tribal thinking. This was the, what, what Christianity replaced from the, the Jewish tradition. There is no such thing as a chosen people. There are individuals who choose to be God conscious. But if, just because uh, someone in your tribe might be God conscious doesn't mean everyone else is. It is an individual decision that each one must make to return to the I am. Because when you're a child, you will be given another name and told to identify with the body and adapt to society and become this or that for the sake of the other of society. And, and you will be told, forget the I am, right? That's what adaptation to society is about. So the, 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 the person who returns to the I am and who then transmits the truth of the I am is the one who is choosing to live in God consciousness. But it, it is always a, a movement of individuality 
and differentiation from the tribe, from the herd, from the mass, to be able to say, I am. Because you have to think for yourself. Because you, even if you were encouraged to believe some of this, you are still socialized into believing you're an ego who is saying I am. So then it would just become another religion. No, it's not about saying the words I am, it's about being the I am, which is prior to thought. Right? The I am is not about thought. Thought is what comes after and that, that obscures the I am. The I am remains in silence. And if, if thoughts come out, they come from the silent source. And so that they have wisdom and they have truth, they, have, they resonate with the I am. They don't obscure it and they don't deny it and they, they don't... Uh, uh, turn it into some uh, illusory imitation of themselves. You see, the idea of Christianity is you imitatio dei. You have to imitate yourself? That's what you're taught? How could Christianity be authentic if you have to imitate God, if you're not realizing you are already God? But if you're all, not already God, you're never going to achieve salvation, right? And the whole idea of being a Christian is to say, I am saved. But you are not saved until you are the I am. Until then, you still need saving. But you're being saved from your own misidentification of who you are. And so the birth of Christ is the birth of your realization that the I am is your real self without any additions. That's the birth of Christ. It's not some baby in a manger somewhere. It's your rebirth as the purity of presence beyond thought and beyond identification with any images or concepts. So it's all very simple, but they had to make it very difficult and mystified and all of that to be able to justify having a whole clerical establishment that you'd have to pay to tell you their pseudo-secrets about you know, the, the, the mystical, esoteric levels of uh, religious truth, which was never really there at all. Uh, there are no esoteric levels that are not available to everyone internally. You don't need a priest to tell you anything. You just have to be the I am, and the wisdom will come directly from within you. That's the key. If there's any secret, it's that. But you have to allow yourself to trust that the wisdom is within you and the power and the light and the, the ability to love, you see. But the ego, once the ego gets in place, the ego is a defense against love. Why? Because it got too many toxic versions of love and therefore it doesn't want to ever open its heart again. And, but it's in agony because its heart isn't open and it has lost touch with its own I am because its own I am is always emanating love. That's what the I am does. It's a natural shining, a radiance of the purity of being. So the ego becomes uh, an anti-Christ barrier to the Christ self emerging. And until we are... Uh, we make the decision to drop the ego, it's a decision, then we cannot call ourselves true Christians or true gods, true avatars, true 
beings because the I am is still obscured by other signifiers that modify its meaning and bring it down into a terrestrial level rather than a celestial level. But the I am in its purity, because the I am, when it's not defined by predicates of any sort, is simply the formless zero point of consciousness, which is Shiva. And so the Shiva consciousness, which is the reality of the I am with all of its power, its truth, its, its capacity for transformation of itself, of the world, which is its dream, uh, becomes awakened and activated through the return to the I am. But that decision is the ultimate step of individuation. And because it involves <clears throat> opening oneself, letting go of defenses, letting go of <clears throat> fear of vulnerability, letting go <clears throat> of the illusion that you are somebody, because the I am is not a body and it's not someone. It is the presence. It has no ego. It can't appropriate it, right? As long as you stay in the I am, there's no ego to try to make use of that, to make money out of it, or to, to make some other kind of territorial aggression out of it. Whereas if I am a Christian, oh yeah, then I can attack others and, and, and feel justified in having crusades and all of that. The same goes if I am a Muslim or a Zionist or a, a Buddhist, or it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever one is identifying with that's beyond the I am then, justifies uh, imposing on the other a kind of illusory moral superiority that is actually the justification for an inferiority of moral consciousness, <clears throat> for in fact a, an elimination of moral consciousness. And so the I am comes with the moral responsibility to see the I am in everyone and to offer the, uh, the energy of the I am, which is that of divine love to all unconditionally without playing favorites and without any emotional reactivity that would uh, project something other than the God self onto anyone. So if we're going to celebrate Christmas and really mean it, then we have to very consciously remove any self-identification that obscures the I am and never allow it to return. And if we do that, we'll find that we're immediately happy. We're immediately without any lack. We're immediately in union with the source of our being. But again, the I am is not a verbal repetition like a prayer, oh, I am, I am, I am. No, it's not that. It's the realization of the I that doesn't need to think to know itself, right? You don't need to think, oh yeah, maybe I am. You don't need to, to try to figure that out through some logical process. Right? You know it. 
Now Descartes had to figure it out. He had to say, well, I think, therefore, I am. Ah, okay. But isn't it really the reverse? I am, therefore, I can think. But also, therefore, I can choose not to think, right? I am the master of my mind. So the I am is prior to thought and is only obscured by thought. And that's why when you meditate and you're in inner silence, the I am emerges and it shifts the nature of the patterns of the firing of the neurons in the brain because now they will all come from this I am that is uh, emanating an energy of love and of light throughout the physical organism and into the dream field of the world and will be transforming it automatically, in intuitively, because that's what it, the I am is and what it does. So there's no need to figure anything out. Oh, the only need there is, is to be. And it's when you stop trying to figure it out with a limited, finite mind that could never grok the real meaning of I am. It cannot understand what is presence. You see, science has never been able to get even close to figuring out what consciousness is. That's the ultimate mystery. But it's, it's the mystery that you are. It's not a mystery of something else out there. It's the mystery of how come I can know all this? How come I can uh, be in a state of, uh, of lucidity? Why is it possible for me to love? Why is it possible for me to, uh, to have consciousness that can link with everyone? and that can feel a resonance and, and be at home in nature, if it is at home in its own skin, if it's not in a state of anxiety, then the I am that, that emanates is at one with everything. It is limitless. It is non-local. And it affects the whole quantum unified field. It produces echoes uh, because it is echolocating itself in the uh, in the field, it is producing quantum wave function effects that will echo back whatever is being put out. You put out love, you will get love back. You put out paranoia, you're going to get paranoia back. It's very simple. So uh, one who is awakened to the I am is always going to allow the I am to emanate those highest levels of vibration because that is the blessing, the only real blessing we can give to anyone and the only way to receive the blessings of love and to augment them and multiply them so that the energy field becomes ever stronger and ever more expanded and magnetically draws uh, those souls who are seeking the I am but haven't figured out that, that they are already it and need to be in an energy field that resonates with that state of consciousness so that the obscurations can be let go of and everyone can be free. So the holiday is about liberation, right? It's not just about uh, one person's uh, appearance uh, with the message of God. It's about the liberation of everyone's mind from the shackles of a false identification so that the I, I am can reemerge as the guiding light of the noosphere of our planet. And that in turn then allows everyone's light to be lit and that light will change history, will change the nature of the order 
in which uh, humans organize themselves because they will be at a higher level of coherence. If everyone is emanating from the same I amness, then we will all be able to be totally coherent with each other and coherent with the world and coherent with a, a power then of uh, expanding that coherence and, and the changing the signal to noise ratio of what's going on in an incoherent world out there and being therefore able to impress others with the possibility and the benefits of spiritual growth to higher levels of consciousness in which the ego snakeskin can be shed and the fullness of our creative intelligence can emerge. Because what a new order means based on the I am is that artists will again be transmitters of truth. That's what uh, the, the arts are really supposed to be about. But the truth of the I am, if it's obscured, can then never uh, be, uh, become the, the focus of the arts. But the whole idea is you realize the I am and then you express it, you transmit it. You turn truth into beauty, and you turn beauty into social organizations that are just, that are fair, that are, are enjoyable to be a part of, that are not oppressive, and that are not militaristic, and that are not all of the things that uh, uh, we have to deal with today, and, that, and in which there is no deception. We have become the people of the lie, the lie must be shed so that the world can live in truth again. But if we are still living in a false self, then we are still ourselves people of the lie. But to be the true self, the I am, means that your love is of the nature of the love of the whole, the love of the I that is formless. Okay, if, the, if your love is directed only to a form or, or, or to uh, a being who is uh, a, a f in a formed body, then you have lowered the vibrational frequency and quality of your love and you have turned it from divine love into mere human desire. And human desire, because it functions in duality, will soon enough become its opposite. And love turns into hate at the human level very easy, or at least into disgust or into uh, uh, something of disinterest, etc. Because the human consciousness at the ego level cannot retain consistency or object constancy. But the I am has no objects, it has no other. It, it lives in unity because there is only the one I am. It may be manifesting in many, but it is one out of many. It's a pluribus unum. And so that oneness uh, overcomes, supersedes the illusion of the manifold, and the world then becomes the manifestation of unity. And the vision that one has is that of non-duality. There, there is no otherness, and therefore there are no enemies, and therefore there doesn't appear any object of desire. 
because you have transcended the level at which desire appears because desire is always based on lack. And the real truth of human love at the ego level is you want the other to see you as the great I am, right? And then of course that stops after a while and now you are a real jerk, you know? And then, and then it turns into an opposite kind of projection. So you cannot uh, demand to be the great I am without really being the I am. And that I am then will be able to emanate its love in every situation and is not going to create bonds of attachment to any particular being. It's going to emanate to everyone like the sun shines on all the beings of the earth. It doesn't choose certain ones. And in the same way, the sun of consciousness must shine without uh, any conditionality. And it's in that state that the perfection of our being becomes manifest. But it may be that there's a process because the ego, first of all, can't love anyone. It doesn't love its own uh, bodily uh, manifestation. It usually doesn't love others, even though there may be infatuations and desires and, and that kind of thing. But love is the purity of the I am. And the ego is always a, a defilement of that. And because there is a sense of lack that comes with an ego identification, that lack then gets um, uh, interposed into the energy field of any relationship. So the, the, the lack, which is a black hole that is really non-existent, this is the, the corpus of maya that becomes the, uh, the ping pong ball that is uh, batted back and forth in most relationships. But uh, there can't be anyone left holding or being scapegoated by holding the ball of, uh, of lack. And that's usually what every family system does. So we want to make sure that a, a sangha is a healthy family system in which there are no scapegoats, there is no lack, there is no one who feels not entitled to resonate at the level of the pure I am. And in that, all will be empowered from within to be free of whatever demons have been lurking in their minds that were usually put into their minds in childhood because of an unhealthy family system and the fear of, of being attacked by unhealthy people who may have had very uh, perverse desires or hatreds of their own children or of siblings or of other members of extended families and have created a basis for that paranoia to then be projected in adulthood and to repeat the same traumas over and over again. But once those tendencies can be removed through the simple shining of the I am and the refusal to accept demonic thoughts or affects, which is anything that is not pure love, then that love will overwhelm those incoherent mental objects and energies and one will be able to live in peace. That's the message of Christmas, peace. But that message is only given if you accept that you are the manifestation of God who is the I am. And then you, in that state, 
are able to resonate without losing your sense of who you are and, and believe that you are some bodily being who is either in danger or who, who is uh, not able to relate to others because in some way they are, are either uh, dangerous or uh, uh, perhaps uh, too desirous or too, uh, uh, let's say, uh, territorial or conflictive. But once you are in the I am, there are no conflicts. And if anyone else is in conflict, it's none of your business. It won't bother you. It will, your energy field won't take it in, and they will be transformed by the more coherent message of love that is put out when you're in this state. So it's a very simple antidote to suffering. But we don't need to make it into some ritual, and we don't need to limit it to one day of the year, and we don't, think, uh, we don't need to think it's any relation to the solstice or anything else. It has nothing to do with any astrological conditions or psychological conditions or any other conditions. You are unconditionally the I am, no matter how screwed up your ego is. Because <laughs> you're not your ego. And so just by dropping it through that decision, you are free. So why not be liberated now? Why take the long, arduous path, oh, I'll work through this neurosis, and then that one, and then that one? You know, that's going to take you years. And then you're going to get the neurotic tendencies from past lives that are going to come up. Oh, my God, why did I even start this? I'm worse off than when I began. You don't need all of that. Just go to the source and be and shine and be done with it all. That's my advice. <laughs> Nobody takes my advice, so it doesn't matter. But you could, you know, so. Uh, and maybe you'll want to on this Christmas and stop suffering. How many people want to stop suffering? Yeah? Okay. Uh, will you just be the I am that you really are already now? That's it. That's all. Yes? Take that medicine and you'll be done. You won't have to see Yogi Raj. You won't have to be in, in first aid. You won't have symptoms. Uh, you won't need sessions. Hey! <laughs> hey! Yeah. So please take my advice. Let me retire. And, uh, and then everyone here will be in a state of bliss. Okay? That's what we really are here to share. So that's my uh, prescription for a Merry Christmas. I probably talk too much. I'll open the floor, though, if any uh, Christians here want to ask any questions. Please, feel free. Or any antichrist, either one. Did this make sense? Did anybody feel like... This guy is not just jabbering insanity. <laughs> okay, that's good. You're all as insane as I am. Yes, sir. First, I just want to say praise be, hallelujah. Thank you very much. Delightful. <laughs> cool. Um, in the invocation, you mentioned Eheye, Asher Eheye. And um, a question I have is, it, it, is that, that, that it's in the future tense? Well, the Hebrew, ancient Hebrew didn't have a present tense. Otherwise, it would have been. That's why it's translated as I am. But it also means I will be because it's eternal. 
but it's the eternal now. So that means this isn't going to change. This information is not just for this generation here. It's for everybody always. So I would say that. But, uh, but it also means that at the end of time, finally you're going to realize it. Until then, you're just going to have some stupid kind of worship of, of a text without knowing what it really means and, and not realizing that you are the tree of life that's on fire. It's not some bush on some mountain in the Sinai, right? Okay. Does that answer your question? All right. Thank you. And, and he says also, before, uh, Jesus says, before Abraham, I am. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he, he is clearly manifesting the I am, even though it's a fiction, let's face it. These Gospels were written about 80 to 150 AD, right? This guy was supposed to have been born in 4 BC, right? So uh, he wasn't around. There is no actual historical evidence. Now, I think there were, there were a lot of beings around who knew the I am and lived in it, but this is a composite figure that is made specifically as a teaching of a wisdom school. Okay, so it is, it is that teaching that is important, but the teaching is meant for you and about you. It's not about somebody else, but it, all spiritual teachings have to be put in coded form or they, they wouldn't be able to be passed on because authorities who don't want you to know that would be upset and they'd crucify you, right? So that was the, the other part of the message, watch out. Don't think you're the I am or that we got nails for you too, right? So fortunately, we're, we're not in that category of society at this point. We're in a worse category, but we're not in that category. Because nobody believes religion. It's so ridiculed and so marginalized now that it's, it's safe to be, able to, uh, uh, to be able to manifest its truth. But uh, it is also the case that everyone is in such a corrupted form that very, very few religious establishments, in fact, I don't think any of them, are, are able to actually pass that message on in a valid way. So religions have lost all of their credibility. But so have the scientists and the politicians and everybody, right? There is nobody with any credibility. There is no one resonating at the I am. That's what has to be restored without turning it into a religion. Okay. Yes? So when, when was, um, I mean, there was a teaching, this, this, the knowing of the I am as our true self. I imagine there was a, a time where it was telepathically and just uh, in the field and everyone knew I am. Yes. But then there's a fall to those who still have that connection with those who don't have that connection, right? Correct. And, and teachers uh, emerge right. who remind students <laughs> who mm -hmm. yearn to find the I am that, yes, you are, I am. Mm -hmm. And that was the role of, of religions, I guess. Or yeah, originally it was. Originally, but when, when is it lost? <clears throat> when do, do religions then become these manipulators that do not want you to know that you are, mm -hmm. I am? Well, it was already happening in the Vedic culture. So, so even you go back to Mohenjo-Daro and that was already happening, which is why the yogis had to separate from the, the, uh, what are now called the Hindus. They, they weren't Hindus. Hinduism is a modern term and a modern religious hodgepodge. But uh, uh, the, uh, once there was a, a, a Vedic priesthood that was established, 
that priesthood did not want you to know that because they made money if you sacrificed to their gods and you know all, all of those kinds of uh, ritual uh, kinds of uh, petitionary prayers, etc. And the the priest became the technologist of the sacred. And uh, you know, you want a child, or you want money, or you want uh, some some other blessing, you had to go and pay for it. Right, so free energy was gone. That was the original free energy. And the yogis said, no, no, you don't have to pray to any priests or anything. Just be your I am and it'll come to you. So, so once that was lost, then the yogis had to move to the woods and the mountains and, and get away. But there was a, a kind of a relationship of peace in which the, uh, the, the, the people of the Vedic culture at least said, okay, well, this is our safety valve. If anybody here starts knowing too much, we'll tell them, go join the yogis, right? You become a sannyasi, you leave, and, and uh, you renounce the cultural perquisites, and instead you get liberation. But it was already lost back then, and that's why there was Jainism and then Buddhism and so many uh, new dispensations, new forms of the Dharma that tried to return to the original Aryan uh, understanding. Aryan means noble, right? So nobility comes from realizing you are the I am. That's, otherwise you cannot act nobly because to be noble means to be fearless, right? As soon as you're identified with the body, you'll have fear. Body, the body has fear of, of pain and of death. If you're identified with the body, you, you become a coward, right? That's Hamlet. Conscience hath make cowards of us all, right? So it gets even worse as the more you become uh, in a, a culture that it becomes denser, more materialistic, and materialized. This is all light, but it's frozen light. And the more you believe you are material, the more the, the light becomes materialized and resistant. And so the more obstacles there are to the transmission of the morphogenetic field qualities of the consciousness. So therefore, things get fossilized and petrified in very negative ways. And then those sanskaras get passed on from lifetime to lifetime. And, and once they harden into a very anti-love and anti-life modality, then it's very difficult to change them. And so then you get a, a huge negative energy field that wants destruction. And that's why at the end, it, it is that uh, power of the destructive force that becomes dominant and it produces nuclear weapons and all the other things that we're dealing with. And that gives the message to Gaia to, uh, to destroy it all. So we're in that. That's why the apocalypse becomes inevitable. But it, it is a blessing back into a new world in which the I am becomes again dominant and supersedes over the incoherence of the negative anti-life energies. So we're in that mode of transmission of the original intent of God, let's say, of the self. And that transition has to come in exactly the right uh, intersecting modality so that the death drive, the collective death drive of the people of the earth who want to get out of their misery and can't figure out any other way than just death uh, has to intersect with those who have realized the I am and live in eternal life and can pass through the eye of the needle and at the moment of the destruction can dream a new dream. But you have to be at that level of the dreamer to have the power to do it. Otherwise, it's a fantasy. It won't happen. 
It has to be realized. And if it's not realized by abiding consistently in that vibrational frequency, if there are any doubts, if there is any oscillation, then the siddhis, the powers that come with that level of consciousness will not be able to remain activated. So it's in a way a fail-proof, fail-safe method that has been created, but it also means that you can't fake it. This has to be really attained by us. And because we're very close to the, the end point now, we're very close to the destruction uh, happening at a, a manifest level of thermonuclear war, we have to raise our consciousness several notches above where it is. And, and that's why I say go directly to the I am. Don't go through any intermediary phases of development or you won't make it. And, uh, and they say only eight make it totally at the end who will, will actually be able to maintain that uh, perfection of consciousness that doesn't fall any longer. And 108 uh, are able to maintain it sufficiently to, to be able to, uh, uh, to, to manifest the transition without suffering and, and to be able to uh, bring the energy field into uh, a Satyuga. But that's a very, very small number of beings. It doesn't require many because those beings will have such power from uh, the God consciousness that will have accumulated uh, the power of energy through consistent meditation. But if you don't get that in advance, you won't get it at the moment when the bombs start falling. It's too late. Okay? So I, I recommend very seriously that people start now practicing rigorously, never falling back into a lower state of consciousness. Unless you don't care whether you graduate from this uh, school that the earth is. If you don't care and you're willing to go through another round, which is a long round of thousands of years of many, many incarnations, some fun, some not so fun, as you know, uh, then uh, I would consider seriously uh, graduating, okay? But it's up to everyone. That's, that's, again, the individual choice you have to make. The Sangha doesn't make that choice for you. Or, or becoming a Christian doesn't really mean you're saved, okay? It doesn't matter what you believe. It, it matters the vibrational frequency you're resonating at. Nothing else matters but that. That answer your question? Yes. Um, I have a question with who, who decides when it's time, or can, can one really decide that, or is it something that... Well, if you know you are the I am, that's your decision, you see, that's it. Yes, of course, you, you decide, because that's the whole meaning of it. The I am is you, it's not someone else. There is no one else. The illusion is there is someone else, and therefore I'm not responsible. No, you have to take total responsibility for your existence. You literally are God. Literally. Okay? But not the ego that's identified with that body. The I am has no gender, it has no age, it has no culture, no religion, nothing. It has no qualities. It is, it is that purity of presence that is eternal. If you choose to realize you are that, you're free now, but it has to be your choice. 
at some point you will make that choice. If you're not ready to make it now because, oh, I'm still enjoying this and that and having a boyfriend and having this. If you're still in, in that and say, I don't want to be the I am yet, then okay. But you are making that choice. At some point, the world will become so flat, so bitter, so uninteresting that you will enter vairagya, you'll have dispassion, and you'll say, okay, there's nothing left to live for, I might as well become God and go into bliss, all right? <laughs> so you can wait as long as you want, but I say, why delay the bliss when you can have it now and then really you know, create a lot of good karma along the way and do some really amazing, wonderful things and, uh, and then be able to go into the next age and uh, it's gonna be a kingdom of, of heaven, literally, on earth, that is gonna be dreamed by those who have attained it and who, who are going to dream the, the beauty of the world through their own creative imagination. So you either want to be involved in, in life at that level or you just want to be involved at an ego level. It's up to you. There's little leagues and big leagues. But you can be in the big leagues. It's, it's a matter of being willing to be responsible for all the implications that come with that decision. Which, which involves uh, a, a choice of uh, upholding the moral law. And I think that's the, the real reason why people don't make the choice. Okay, because then ah, I have to follow the Dharma, you see. And, and the, it's not just following the Dharma, you have to be a model of that and, uh, and of uh, uprightness and righteousness, and uh, humility, and generosity, and goodness, right? Because the I am is the good. And if there is a willingness to be the power of goodness, and love everyone, and forgive everyone, and to be uh, completely present without holding anything from the past, then, and only then, can you remain true to who you are. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.